Welcome to Preschool and Beyond, a podcast where we tackle some of the most common and the most challenging issues facing preschool-age children and their families. Recording from Discovery Child Development Center is your host, Mike DeLott. Hi, and welcome to Season 2 of Preschool and Beyond. I'm really excited about the guests and topics we'll be bringing you this year. I also look forward to receiving more of your comments and questions. We do read over each one, and they help us plan our future topics and guests. Last season, we had an episode on the practice of redshirting, where students wait an additional year before starting kindergarten. A number of listeners asked us if we could also do an episode on kindergarten early entry for students who missed their state's cutoff date. While there is a formal process in most states to allow for early entry, the standards are typically high and require students to be advanced both academically and socially-emotionally. There are a lot of factors to consider when making the decision to start your child in school early. I'm delighted to have Dr. Kristen Wins with us today. Dr. Wins is a child psychologist who owns Wins Family Psychology in Cary and North Raleigh. She has great expertise on this topic as she has both administered the test for early entry, consulted with dozens of families about it, written several articles and blog posts about early entry, and has even appeared on television to talk about it. So good to have you on our program today. Thank you for having me. So in all 50 states, there's a cutoff date for kindergarten entry that children need to meet. Um, here in North Carolina, for example, children must turn five by August 31st. Um, it had been October for a while, and they mm-hmm. moved it up about 10 years ago, I think. I believe so. But North Carolina is one of 30 states that does have specific provisions if you would like to admit your child early to kindergarten. Um, so if that is something you're considering, what are the qualifications here? So obviously, um, I don't know the other states, but I'm very familiar with North Carolina. And in our state, of course, the piece that's relevant to my practice hones in on the IQ and achievement testing that's required. And the school system does require that this testing occurs privately, so they won't provide it. Mm -hmm. Parents do need to seek that out privately with the psychologist. And um, in our state, the criteria is the child must score at the 98th percentile or higher for IQ and also the 98th percentile or higher for reading or math. So not both. Sometimes parents get worried and think both have to be that high, but it has to be either or reading or math and then also the IQ test. In addition, there is a portfolio, as it's called, where parents also need to provide work samples and letters of recommendation along with the test scores. And then they submit that to the school system and then wait the word to see if the child has qualified or not. So it does sound like it is a pretty um, intense process to go through for families. So why would a family want to do this um, with their child? What are some of the advantages of starting early? Yes, it's certainly intense. And I would say, especially for parents whose child was born at 12.15 a.m. on September 1st, for example, which we've had those where the child has missed the cutoff by hours. (laughs) So especially for those parents, it it can be very frustrating because their child has has really essentially been with same-aged peers through daycare and preschool, and all the peers are excited going off to kindergarten. And just because, again, of that that birth date, maybe being hours or days or weeks later, they are forced to go through this very arduous process. So the advantages 
besides what I just spoke about with sticking with your peers and kind of having that next milestone um, that the other children are are foraging ahead for, um, there are definite benefits if the child is bright. So certainly if a child is already doing some reading and some math and they seem advanced with their verbal skills, with their visual spatial skills, if parents have sort of seen that spark in the child, it can really be problematic to hold them back and have them tread water essentially in preschool for another year. We've seen that that can lead to bright kids getting burnout before school even starts. It can lead to behavior problems where a child is acting out because they're bored. So certainly if it's a bright child who academically is progressing, um, I tend to have the opinion it's nice to strike while the iron's hot and really hit that window when the child's ready to go mm-hmm. and keep that momentum going for learning. Right. For certain children, uh, we've seen some here who have gone on and done early entry. Um, others have decided to spend another year in preschool or do a transitional type program. Um, what are some potential things or potential downsides for kids for starting sooner than later? It, it would really be important to look at the full picture on, on both sides, starting early or not. So in addition to just the academic the intellectual readiness, it's also important to look at social, emotional, and behavioral readiness. So sometimes if a child might be immature, they might have trouble sitting still. They might have trouble even in preschool getting through structured learning time or they might um, be hyperactive still and have trouble with impulse control. If you have that kind of setup and maybe the child academically is ready and you push them ahead sometimes, then that could cause problems settling into kindergarten. And then you've got another problem to deal with where in kindergarten you're already getting notes sent home and principal visits and Um, It's important to look at the whole child and see if they would be ready uh, across the board. And I would say that's also an important part of the testing that we look at. We don't just give the parents scores, but we also give a write-up of what was their attention span like? Were they sociable? Did they separate from parents? Okay. Mm -hmm. Could they sit still? And, And all those factors are important to look at. How much should parents think about not just kindergarten, but, you know, second grade, fourth grade, high school? Should they be thinking about those long-term things? That's a great question. And absolutely, um, the school system, at least in North Carolina, considers early entry equivalent to skipping a grade, which it is considered that, although, again, if you've missed the cutoff by a few days, it might not feel right. like that. But certainly, if you are looking at a child who maybe even has a December birth date or February, and they are going to be possibly a year, a year and a half younger than peers, it is worth considering the the long-term picture and thinking about, okay, well, how is my child with physical development? Is he absolutely tiny already compared to peers? How, again, how is he or she socially, emotionally, and looking ahead? Okay. In middle school, if she's in sixth grade and she's a year and a half younger than peers, is she kind of savvy enough that she'll be able to hang or could she possibly be 
um, isolated or shunned in some way. So absolutely, parents should look at the the long term and and look at all factors again and, and weighing out pros and cons. Right. Definitely look at your child. Like we can talk about what types of candidates usually do well, but also parents tend to know their children best. Like um, my youngest son has a birthday at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. But he's the youngest of three kids, and he loves being the oldest in the class. And so for him, there is a comfort in that, um, being the first to be able to do things. I'm sure he'll love driving first. Yes. Um, whereas I know my oldest son, who we actually did start early in school, ah. um, he just really likes to have new challenges. He's not intimidated of being with older kids. Sure. He actually prefers to be with um, older peers and teachers and so for him I think it was a good fit and um so you really have to know your child well and think about what things are important to them I know other families when we did the red shirting Mm -hmm. um sports can be really important to families and you know if your child's going to be bigger stronger when they enter and that's important to you and important to them um you might want to think about that yes I I was going to add from a personal perspective too our oldest she didn't miss the cutoff, but she's an August 20th birthday and she was reading and writing and eager to learn. So for her, if she had missed it or if she'd been born a few weeks later, we, we would have pursued the process because we could already tell this child would go crazy if she had to do another year in yeah. preschool. And even though she does have peers who are a year and a half, a year and a half older, she's thriving because she can keep up socially and academically. It was definitely what she needed. Right. Yeah. And some kids, yeah, will get that more confidence going in earlier with more time. Other kids, though, might have more behavior problems later on. If they're not feeling bored and challenged, they might tune out. And um, so you really have to think about all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of have you, is there much research available on the effects of starting children early in school, either short-term or long-term or both? The last time I looked, I could not find a lot written. I think that's an area that would be great to have Mm. more research coming out to follow kids long-term. So I would say my knowledge of it is anecdotal, where sometimes it's really neat if we've tested a child for early entry, then a few years later I'll hear from them and it's time to test their other child, which some parents seem to have bad luck with having two or three all born in <laughs> September. Um, so anecdotally, I would say the overwhelming feedback I get is that it was a, a positive experience. And certainly besides just the benefit for the child, sometimes um, there can be a financial benefit to mm-hmm. having those fees for daycare yeah. um, go away mm-hmm. or having the hours of the day freed up for parents if they were spending some time at home with kids. So there are really whole family considerations that come into this too. But on the whole, just anecdotally, I've I've heard parents were pleased um, with the process if their child did go ahead and enter in early. Great. So you gave the example of the September 1st child. Yes. And we actually one year did have in the same classroom on August 31st and a September 1st. Wow. And so probably born hours apart. Yes. And one had... <laughs> The nice option I told August 31st, you can do either, you know, you can hold them back if you want, or you can start, whereas the, you know, September 1st didn't have those unless they decided to go through this process. That's right. Um, Now, 
in terms of whether you have a child who just misses it or you have a child who might have like a February birthday, mm-hmm. would you show more caution towards one who has a later birthday or is it kind of all about where that child is at the time? I would say showing more caution the further you get from the August 31st date is, um, is practical. Again, um, we have seen very mature, excellent attention and focused younger kids that do have February, March birthday. Um, however, the further you get from the August 31st, the, the better the chances are you may have a child who's socially or emotionally immature. And that's where, um, even if this process weren't required by the school system, I'm still an obvious proponent of testing to let a professional lay eyes on your child and get the 360 degree analysis of, okay, well, are they ready academically, intellectually, but also let a professional look at the full picture and try to give a best guess as to whether they would be successful or set up for frustrations. Right. And that information also can be helpful later on, even if you're not doing, um, early entry for the family and also for teachers um, to let them know kind of where the students' strengths are, where some areas where um, they might need additional support. That's right. So when we had our episode, when we talked about redshirting, we talked about there are some communities around the country where there are a really large number of kids who are held back. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't remember. It was like one school in Connecticut. I think it was like 20% or so in the class. Um so if you do have a child who has like a February, March, April birthday, I think that's also one thing you want to think about, too, is that if you're in a community that has a lot of kids who might be even two years older, mm-hmm. you know, how that may affect and maybe it won't, but it should be something you might want to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's say you do make that decision. Um you want to prepare your child for testing to do early entry. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of give us, is there stuff we should be doing long-term, like throughout that pre-K year to get them ready? And then as you get closer to the test, is that something you want to prepare your child for? Sure. We have uh, sort of a, a prep sheet that we'll send to parents that doesn't tell them all the answers, right. <laughs> but it does have helpful tips about some great reading and math websites the child can go to, some toys that are good for verbal skills, some ways parents can just go through their day and label things in the grocery store and teach about math. So certainly if parents and if teachers are aware the testing is coming, there are all kinds of tips for just overall boosting that intellectual environment Mm -hmm. and exposing the child to early reading and math concepts. But as far as the testing itself goes, even though parents are often a nervous wreck about the process and when can they get the scores and what will they be, the good news is we we do tell parents the children love the testing. They have a blast. It's one-on-one with a psychologist. It's not like a bubble sheet um, that we had to go through for the SAT. Right. <laughs> it's quite engaging. It's quite intellectually stimulating. So kids skip out of our office having had a blast. And so for parents to prep them, it's kind of easy. They just explained, you're going to play some games. Your brain's going to get a workout. And at the end of it, you get a prize from the treasure chest. And usually that's all they need to say <laughs> to, <laughs> to prep the child and get them on board with 
showing up excited about the process. So you don't need to get a Princeton review guide. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Save that. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, um, I know a lot of parents are curious as to what is on and kind of want to get the types of questions. And I think you Mm -hmm. want your child that day to show exactly where they are. so true. You want them to definitely be comfortable and you want the test to really show are they ready are they where they should be because if they're not you're not really doing them a service by absolutely just prepping them for test type questions it's so true and even though there is this pressure on parents to get them in especially if they feel like it's right that they were so close but it is true um you you wouldn't want a parent overly preparing a child or trying to cheat the system if that was possible right. because then it, the child is the one ultimately who might suffer if they truly weren't ready um and and then they're floundering it, it really comes back full circle to considering what's best for the child yeah, I know a worry of parents might be that, you know, their child's never really had an assessment, hasn't been tested, that they're going to come that day and be nervous around a stranger mm-hmm. and just not really do their best. But is that not, it sounds like the way that you do the testing, it is a pretty relaxed, comfortable environment. Have you found that cases where children just aren't able to perform in that type of No, we have had parents who will warn us in advance that a child is very anxious or very shy. And we always reassure the parents that we're very experienced with working with tons of kids. And we absolutely would never proceed with testing if we really felt like there was a barrier to the child um, performing at the level they're able to. So we would just... um, take that as as it comes case by case and if it was a skittish child allow the parents to walk them in do a tour of the office maybe start with some light play and then once the child's warmed up have the parent leave and and proceed but fortunately we've always managed to use our skill set along with parents to get the child set up where they're comfortable and then get what we need from the testing so other times where you'll see tests that are really high, but then from talking to the families or just talking to kids that you would have concerns about them entering that year, even though their IQ scores would be extremely high. Uh, we have maybe had a few cases where the child did pass, so to speak, with mm-hmm. hitting those that 90th percentile but maybe had red flags for ADHD mm-hmm. or something. So if we noted that, we will just discuss that with the parents. We always have a feedback session for our testing where mm-hmm. they come in and can discuss the results and recommendations. So if we saw those red flags, we would just include that in our discussion to talk about, well, it could in early entry still make sense? And if so, what other accommodations could be put into place to make sure whatever issues the child had emotionally or behaviorally were also being addressed, which is possible. It would just be casting a wider net of ensuring we had the right resources in place. And we have worked with families whose child meets the testing requirements, but they think they would benefit in certain areas and maybe um, in terms of social development Mm -hmm. that they want that extra year. You should also look for opportunities then to challenge them, you know, whether that's taking a class in the community, um, doing some maybe science experiments at home or other things, Mm because you definitely want to develop 
continue to develop that um, portion of their brain and let them follow those passions and academic interests. Um, so really think about, you know, what's the best way to challenge them. So, you know, I think it could be early entry if it's the right fit for your child. And if it's not, think about how you're going to challenge them that year, socially, emotionally, and academically. Definitely. And I would add, even for kids who might not hit that 98th percentile, but maybe they're at the 75th percentile, we still try to point out to parents, this is still really good news. You've got a bright child. And even though this testing may not have opened the door to early entry, now you've got actual data that your child is bright and you can put some of those other resources and activities in place to make sure they're getting what they need and even just keeping an eye on it for schooling in the future that they may down the road qualify for gifted services. And it's helpful, I think, for parents to already have that before the child ever starts kindergarten, period. I think it'd be awesome if all parents got their kids tested or if it was required because you you get so much valuable data that you may never get um, without doing this kind of testing. Yeah. um, The last question I had is kind of communicating. So you talked about how to um, discuss the test ahead of time. How about in terms, I know that this process goes into the summer, you know, the schools then make that ultimate determination with the um, staggered entry day Mm -hmm. here. Um, When they're friends, some of them will be going off to kindergarten. Some of them will know they're going back to preschool. If they're kind of in that in between, you know, the parent wants the early entry, but hasn't gotten the confirmation yet. How do you recommend they communicate so the child's not feeling anxious about the upcoming year? Oh, how does the parent communicate with the, the, the child? child? They can't tell them, like, am I going to kindergarten next I year? Know. Or, you know, yes. is there any tips for how, what they can tell their child in those circumstances? Yeah, that's a, a challenge. It's really um, a very difficult place for the parents um, and the, the kids. Uh, so I just think, like I would advise parents for all kinds of things with kids, to tell them what you know as best you can in child-friendly language, but don't go into all the possibilities of plan A, B, C, and D, because then the poor child will likely get stressed. So just to explain, yes, your buddies are going. Um, You know, I think it's fine to explain because of your birth date. We have to do a few other steps that your friends don't have to before we know what's going to happen next year and just loosely explain the testing process and then we'll know more and and just try to keep it very simple and to what you do know not all the the unknown right and then if they don't get accepted into it kind of what's a kind of nice way to (laughs) i know that that again is hard too because sometimes in life we do just have disappointment and frustration so i would say that's just one of those teaching moments to say well this is disappointing, um, but what are we going to do? Well, that's when maybe pointing to some of the other extras that, well, your preschool has a transitional kindergarten where you might make some new friends or we found some new Mandarin class for you to take because you're interested in yeah. languages or some art class. So just to to try to acknowledge the emotion and validate it to say, sure, we're disappointed too, but then try to point to whatever positives in the mix. Yeah, no, that's good advice. <laughs> All right. Well, 
this this brings us to our final portion of the show, uh, where our guests will share our show and tell, either a recommendation or an additional tip or advice. So do you have something you'd like to share with us, Dr. Wins? Sure. Well, I would also point out for the early entry process, there are great resources online. If parents don't even know where to start, they can just Google whatever county they're in, early entry to kindergarten and find the nice set of guidelines and where to start. So that's what I would encourage parents to do if they're at the beginning of it. And then for our show and tell today, I would also like to add an item. Uh, Dr. Wins has a book coming out and we'd love to hear about it. Sure. I am super excited uh, because this has been a, a side project, a passion of mine for about six years where I started a parenting philosophy slash revolution, as I call it, um, called No Wimpy Parenting. And for the last six years or so, I've been doing one-on-one parent coaching and providing No Wimpy Parenting workshops throughout North Carolina. But finally, after years and years, I've got all the knowledge and tips and strategies in my book called the No Wimpy Parenting Handbook. And as I say in my intro to the book, I created a book that I would actually want to read because even though I'm a child psychologist and I love learning, I have a bunch of books beside my bed that I never read cover to cover because they're too long, too dense. So my book, you can throw in your purse, throw in your briefcase, read it in a few hours and come away with lots of tips about how to feel more empowered as a parent, how to have your kids listen and respect you how to have more control in the home. And there's just a, a major need for that in our area and really throughout the country. There's parents who are frustrated with kids who don't listen and kids who are running the show. So this movement is really to get the power and authority back to parents and give them very simple strategies for how to do that. Well, congratulations. That sounds so exciting. I can't wait to pick up the book. And when will it be available? Soon. It's, it's it's really imminently coming out. It's already on Amazon for pre-orders, but awesome. it's going to be ready to be shipped in a week or two. Excellent. And we love, once that is out, we'd love to have you back on to talk about the book. I would love that. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Wins, for coming on our program today. Um, you can find a link to what we talked about on our show page, www.discoverychilddevelopmentcenter.com slash podcast, and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash preschool and beyond. We will share links to the book as, and other resources that Dr. Wins has on our website. So thanks for listening, and we will see you in two weeks. <laughs>